This is Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. And Elaine, we are talking about the upcoming 4th of July celebrations and specifically the Declaration of Independence, the founding of our country and what it means to us. And, you know, I'll I'll just lead off and say that um, uh, the United States is a great country. The United States has a lot of great people in it. Uh, We had founding fathers and mothers who um, created and worked together and struggled to create an amazing uh, country. Um, Our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, all that has gone in. uh, You know, we have just so much to celebrate and be thankful for. And, you know, you think back of um, our country breaking away from Great Britain and forging a new path and, you know, still relatively young country compared to some. And uh, again, despite all of the conflict we have in this country and despite the divisions, I love America and I think we all do. And I think the key is for all of us to find, in my uh, humble opinion, common ground on issues, and yes, debate and vigorously uh, discuss issues where we we might have some disagreements, and work together, though, for the greater good. And I think that the average American person, we all want decent housing, we all want to have a few pennies in our bank account, we want a decent job, and quite frankly, we want happiness, and to have, if you have kids, to have them have a decent education. So well, to me, we're there in a, in a sense, but we have a, we have a ways to go. We always well, do. So let's let's talk thoughts? about that. Let's talk about that. The 4th of July is a celebration of our Declaration of Independence, which was a revolutionary document signed by 56 of our founding fathers. A motion was made on July 2nd. Some people feel July 2nd should be uh, the day we celebrate. Uh, John Adams certainly did but it was signed on July 4th in Philadelphia at the Second Continental Congress. And what most people can recite as school children that we are taught to recite and what the heart of it meant that it was a document that mankind had not seen before, uh, the thoughts of which were revolutionary. We were fighting a revolutionary war at that time. So let me read the preamble, Bill. And then we can say, are we today, I would ask our listeners to look in your heart and say, are we today living up to this? It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them, shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So basically it says that we're allowed to have these rights. We are instituting a government. And if that government 
is not protecting these rights, we have a right to have a new government. That is a concept that is mind blowing. Are we living up to it? Well, you know, that's a really good question. Are we living up to it? And, uh, you know, we think about, you know, I, I, I look back, you look back on history. We've all read about history. We've read all about, um, you know, the conflicts at Lexington and Concord and the Minutemen rising up and attacking the British. And we think of uh, the great statesmen um, that really, you just think that these wonderful statesmen came together and this document, the Declaration of Independence, and then guiding the country along. And you, you think about George Washington. Well, they understood and, that man was flawed. Right, they right. They understood that. And they were also very grounded in understanding that there was a creator, a higher power. Right, because a lot of these individuals, you know, we talk about this. These individuals were really Masons who believed in a higher power. But, you know, a lot of times people talk, it's a Christian foundation. And I'm not trying to turn this into a Christian or uh, no, religious No, but they believe, they believe, it was, a, these were Christians. These were, these were people who were based in the Christian ideology, but they also, uh, in the First Amendment, said that the government would be out of religion. So they, yes. so yeah. I don't want to get into a, 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 whether this was Christian, but these, these men were, and right. they all, they believed that there was a higher power, whatever that means to you, whatever speaks to your soul. They believed that they did not consider themselves little mini gods. Right. And, and the great thing is, though, you, you know, you look at the leadership then and you think, you know, an incredible leadership and you think of, you know, but the, 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 the are life we and living death up struggles. to it? Are we well, living up to it today? Well, I think we are having some great struggles. And I think the, the problem is that technology has entered into our lives in a good and bad way. And information can, false information can be disseminated rapidly, instantly. Have and we evolved? Here's my question. Have we evolved? where we as a people in this country can look at all men and say they are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is the first provision in the preamble. Are we living up to it? Well, we're not if you look at, at groups, white supremacist okay, groups, and you're looking point. at others. But but let me let me finish though. But I think for the vast majority of people, people are trying to live up to that. I think for the vast majority, people are really living that way. And I think you have a small minority of people, it, 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 you know, in numbers, it can add up because if you say like, well, 20% or 25% of people have lost their minds, then that's a problem. And if you say a part of that 20, 25% people have, are, 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 prejudice and and that type of thing. Yes, there's a problem, but the vast majority of people I think really do want to pursue life, liberty, happiness. They want to let people live, they want to do the right thing. And I think the 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 thing that maybe has been lost a little bit is we need to educate people again about the basics and how our country was formed and what is the Declaration of Independence? What does our constitution say? What are our rights? 
and start to celebrate that and figure out ways how we help people and how we set in place in our lives in America ways to help Americans, but then also beyond that, how do we help in the world? Okay, so well, what I are was, your thoughts? I will, yeah, I will say that this, this document is a very soulful document. This is a very soulful statement that all men are created equal. And that comes from at the heart, that comes from the acknowledgement of a higher power. And if we are able to incorporate that within ourselves and within our soul, then why can't we live in peace and harmony and have politics that does not include attempts to overthrow our government with armed insurrections attacking the Capitol? So I will argue that we need to take a look at ourselves and do a lot of soul searching and some hard work so that we do live up to this brilliant statement made by Thomas Jefferson. Right. And, you know, there's ways, too, that people can sort of reconnect and, and, and learn about our history. You know, whether it's taking your family to visit sites in Boston area, whether it's just reading about them, we have this vast uh, you know, library on the internet where you can tour museums, you can tour things. It really is up to us to inspire. You know, as a kid, I was so thrilled. I was so fortunate to grow up in Rhode Island and to be able to easily travel to Lexington and Concord, learn about the battles. You know, I was able um, to go to New York State to Fort Ticonderoga. You know, I think these are the things, you know, get your family to Washington, D.C. Get your And if you don't have the resources to do that, then go on the Internet and take these virtual tours and get educate yourself. And, you know, take a look at the Declaration of Independence. You don't have to study it and be expert on it, but, you know, learn, read it a little bit and look at the basics of it. And it's it's not that long a document. And and. And, and then le learn a little bit about what our founders did. And I, I think that's where you take a soulful, great approach to, to life and to, and, and for people who live on the West Coast or people who live in the center part of the country, you know, the 13 original colonies, it's fascinating to learn about them. Well, um, yeah. we need, we, we, I agree with you that we absolutely need to know our history and we need to incorporate it into our lives and into our daily living. It's, it's, it's like a prayer that we have to take this founding document and what it represents and put it into our lives and live it as it was intended. Um, I would like to, however, we have talked about the intellect of the document and how it can touch our souls. I'd like to go to a little bit of the heart of the founding of our nation and the Declaration of Independence and mention a couple of our founding mothers. Do you know too much about some of the founding mothers? Well, let, let, tell us who you're thinking of, and I don't think a lot of people do. Okay, I'm going to start with Martha Washington. I'm going to start with Marcia Was Martha Washington, who is married to our first president and the uh, general of the Revolutionary War, and say that Martha Washington, as wealthy as she was, she managed and handled her husband's estates and affairs in his absence. This is back in the day when women, unless they were uh, widowed, couldn't own property. Uh, she spent years on the front lines with her husband 
and raised money for the war effort. As first lady, the first first lady, she set the standard of a woman who with her heart supported her husband and loved her nation with all of her heart. So I wanted to mention uh, Martha Washington and Deborah Reed Franklin, who was married to Ben Franklin, who was the greatest diplomat, one of the greatest diplomats in the American history. If it wasn't for him, we probably would not have won the war. He secured funding from Europe. She ran his businesses. She ran the post office. He was the first postmaster general, but she kept the businesses going and was a hardworking, uh, they called her a workhorse, who took care of Franklin, Franklin's affairs. I'd also like to mention Abigail Adams. Uh, if you ever saw the, the old uh, musical 1776, there's, there's a lot of singing between John and Abigail Adams. She was the second first lady of the nation. She wrote letters to her husband while he was in Philadelphia at the Continental Congress and Congresses and helped to organize his thoughts on the founding of our nation with intellectual discussions on government and politics. And then finally, I would like to mention Dolly Madison. And boy, do we need Dolly Madison today. She was a socialite. She invited politicians from both parties to the White House. I believe she might've been the first one to live in the White House or the second one. She created the idea that people could socialize and network even though they disagreed. So these women brought a lot of heart to the founding of our nation. They are often not acknowledged or recognized as we turn to the 56 founding fathers, particularly Thomas Jefferson, whose brilliant penmanship wrote our founding documents. I just wanna say, are we living up to it? Can we emulate the example of our founding fathers and of our founding mothers and honor their intent? Yeah, and, I, and I, I love that you've highlighted these individuals and their great contributions. And, uh, you know, that's a good question that you pose, you know, are, are we living up to it? And I think it, it's, it's like, are we living up to a lot of things in life? And this is a chance to think about uh, all that the founding mothers and fathers did. And as we approach the 4th of July, think of ways we can live up to, up to what they um in, in essence, set the stage for for us, for this wonderful country that we have. And uh, do we want to for, forge forward uh, in spirit with them or not? And I think that this is a good opportunity. And, uh, you know, as we sit with our families, this is a good uh, learning time for individuals and for individuals, as again, as I said, you know, study history a little bit, learn from history, and then you know, calibrate your lives to to mirror all that is good and 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 help everyone pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Any further words that you have, Elaine? No, I just think that we need to honor these men and women who were in touch with their souls, and they revol they revolutionized humanity because of it. And that's all I have to say. Well, happy 4th of July, everyone. Uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Uh, whether you're going to a barbecue or a parade, or let me say the oldest 4th of July parade in the country in Bristol, Rhode Island, where they have the red, white, and blue stripe down the center of the town.
This has been Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. And please pray that our country lives up to what our founding fathers and mothers intended for us.